Hey everyone, it's your host James Olson. Before we get to the episode, I just wanted to share a quick reminder that Pacific Sound Radio has our very own playlist called Van City Jams. Van City Jams features bands and artists that we talk about in every new episode we drop, along with a selection of our favorite local singles. The playlist is updated every week, so head on over to Spotify and expose yourself to some new and exciting Vancouver music. That's Van City Jams only on Spotify. We now return to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and this week we're speaking with Malcolm McLaren and Hannah Cruz from Slightest Clue. Slightest Clue are a rising alternative rock quartet characterized by eclectic musical sensibilities, creative business savvy, and electrifying live energy owing to the distinct personalities of each of their four members. The band recently dropped their latest EP titled Carousel, and before we get to our chat with Malcolm and Hannah, we're going to give one of the songs a quick listen. This is Suit Up Tight. Malcolm and Hannah for coming on the show. Happy to have you here. What have you two been listening to lately? It's funny because uh, the EP just came out, so I'll finish it and then radio will come on and mm-hmm. it'll just start playing bands, I guess, that are maybe similar to us. Uh, and then this one band came up, Projector. I think they're from the UK and they just released like this post-punk album that I really, really like. Um, so I was obsessed with those singles and that those ones that came out. Um, that sounds like a post-punk band. Projector, Projector right? It's like always post-punk. just nouns and objects, yeah. you know, dry cleaning. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Soft Cult. They're kind of like an alt-shoegazy girl band from from Ontario. Cool. They're really great. Uh, back in my classic country era, there's a lot of Johnny Cash on the playlist right now. Outlaw country. Outlaw country, like <laughs> Tyler Childers kind of stuff. The good shit. Is a yeah, the yeah. deep, dark, scary yeah. stuff. I like, I like, uh, yeah, I like country where it's about alcoholism and depression. The, sad. Yeah. the slow and the sad. Yeah, not the upbeat. Yeah. I'm a big Jason Isbell fan and when he came and played uh, here in Vancouver, I saw him and he has this one song uh called speed trap town and before he played it he had this little like quip where he's like some people call me a country musician i wouldn't say i'm a country musician because i write my own songs i say i'm a folk musician but if i was a country musician 
this is the one song about football and trucks. So here we go. And I cried. My, <laughs> That's a good point. I cried I, my yeah. eyes out because that song is so sad. <laughs> there was um, this YouTube series, This Song Stinks or Why the Song Stinks. It's like the, uh, by Pat Finnerty, And it's like the antithesis of like... Uh, Beato's like why this song is so great or what makes the song great. Oh, because I thought Beato yeah. did that as well. With Beato some did song, it, yeah. Some stuff, yeah. And so he parodies it and he's like, "Why this song stinks?" And then he did uh, coverage of "Try That in a Small Town." Oh god, uh, <laughs> oh, terrible, Lord. terrible song. Terrible it's a great song. video. It's like two hours long. It's ridiculous, but he, he just he's all over the place and he makes the point that there's six songwriters I think on involved in the making of that song. <laughs> and that song still sucks. And it still sucks. It's like a yeah. bad movie when there's four screenwriters. You yeah. Know? yeah. Why, how? How exactly yeah. it ran through by so many people. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is I'm so late to the party, but Flo Millie and Ice Spice <laughs> <laughs> go off. Like queen. it's it's not uh, you know it doesn't influence our own music. But I was just my girlfriend was just playing it for me, and I would just my mind was blown. The flow, the confidence, Riot on the beats. It's um, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it Spice and good. Victoria Monet are like the up and comers. Yo, mm-hmm. Victoria Monet, what a woman. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. writer. No I, relation to Janelle as far as I know. But uh yeah, but if they were on a track together, imagine that. Oh damn. Mm. I mean she's so powerful. Yeah. Monet. She just put out an album together called the Monet. <laughs> yeah, Monet Squared. Yeah, yeah, Monet Squared, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Malcolm, what yeah. led you to start Slightest Clue? Were you involved in any other bands beforehand? No, this is like the first time I've played with other musicians uh like i was making beats in high school um and just trying to be sort of like a hip-hop producer and tried my hand at rapping and i never really liked it and any I recordings like, that we can yeah. or those buried somewhere <laughs> <laughs> you know what i think there's probably i, I might have deleted them all off soundcloud but you might be able to find mm. something somewhere it'd be um, funny for april fool's day so guys we're going a new direction yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so i just was doing that uh, you know, since like the 10th grade and that kind of was like my foundation into like music production. Um, and then I just kind of fell out with that genre. I couldn't really find anybody to collaborate with and like take it very far. I just um, eventually was like, okay, fine. If no one wants to do this for real because I was just going to university and this was all I was doing in my spare time. I was like, okay, let's do like, I'll just do it all myself like a band in the bedroom. And so I recorded the first Slightest Clue album just yeah um programming all the drums uh doing the bass i just took my tally and tuned it an octave down uh which is like a technique i learned from grimes is like you just take it i didn't own a bass so i was just like okay fine baseline baritone um, guitars also work as baritone well but then you guitar. have to buy a whole other guitar so. yeah yeah exactly yeah. and and then i just needed to play with people so i just kind of shared that around there was an iteration of the band in montreal uh, where I was going to school at the time, um, and then COVID happened, and had to come back and isolate. And yeah, you know, we've just played since, and I've moved back, and I'm just here permanently, basically. Mm-hmm. But this is the only band that I've ever been in. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? What other groups did you play in before yeah, Slice Clue? Um, I hadn't played with any other groups in Vancouver when uh, I met Malcolm. I'd only lived in Vancouver for about a year. I had uh, transferred to UBC um, from a from a different university. I'd been living abroad before that in um, in Europe, and I played uh, with a few different groups in France, where I was going to university at the time. Um, and that's actually where I started playing bass. I started 
playing bass because I, I knew guitar and piano um, and had played both of those for years and uh, a, a band at the university I was going to in France needed a bass player because theirs had just graduated. And so uh, this friend of mine, Eustine, this crazy guitarist, Egyptian guy with this afro and only wore like white flowy tops. Um <laughs> The first baseline he taught me was Hey Joe. So that's all you really need to know. Um, he was like, oh, this girl plays guitar. And so he was like, he's just like at an open jam, handed me a bass. He's like, you're our bass player now. And that's how I became the bass player. <laughs> now she plays bass. And now I play bass. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I didn't play with any bands in high school. There were guys in bands in my small town in, in uh, the States. And... No, there was no girls in bands, so I was a choir girl. Um, Malcolm comes from a lot of like the production and the recording side of like having spent years doing that. Yeah. I didn't start actually like learning how to record music until around the time I met Malcolm. Like I come very much from a performance background. I did a lot of choir. I did a lot of I sang in church. That's where I learned live sound. Uh, you know things like that. And so it's like an interesting meeting of the minds because like mm -hmm. Malcolm lives for the studio and I like live for the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you for the stage as well. Yeah. But like I have you know a like background just, in theater. So yeah. it's 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 comfy at least. For sure. Know. Yeah. But so, it's true. I think between the two I would pick recording and, and I would pick stage with it. Yeah, because it's just day. so much fun. But there's no money there. <laughs> there's no no money anymore. Yeah. More money in recording, I suppose, if you're doing it. Yeah, if you're the capturing one doing other it. people. Yeah. yeah, you can't be the Beatles and just be a studio band and sell records anymore. I keep you got telling to Mac to like become an engineer. I think you'd love it. Uh, yeah, like. it would be fun. <laughs> I just don't know the way in with those sorts of things. You know, I guess it's just hopefully you fall into it. You meet the right people. I think it's just a matter of yes, working with another uh, producer. Yeah, being kind of like an intern. Yeah, maybe in I should be studio. Matt's intern. He'd do it. The guy who produced REP. Yeah. Maddie D's. I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which, Slice Clue has been releasing music for five years now, starting Jeez. with your first single, Surroundings, back in November 2019. Yeah. What can you tell me about what the project looked like at that time? Oh, man. Yeah, 2019, Like those are the bedroom yeah. recordings that I made um, and just had a buddy mix and, and do the mastering. Um, and I... Yeah, I don't even think I'd played live yet. It was just the only things I had were just those loops. And that's kind of where the hip-hop background, I think, comes in, is it was just like a lot of layering and then taking the layers out. Um, and then I just... It's still how I make demos for Clue mm. now, is how that record was made, is I still program the drums and I try to just sort of emulate a vibe, you know, just... And I think I've gotten better at it over the years of just sort of figuring out how to make like a, a snare roll and like do fills so that it doesn't feel like it's just loops. It's kind of got a bit of a energy or a build sometimes here and there. But it was 2019. I yeah. think I played one or two shows in Montreal. We played that summer we played at my house. Your house, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. We played yeah. house shows at the uh, the big house I lived in with like nine guys while I was going to UBC out yeah. in Point Grey. Yeah, yeah, and then Avant Garden. Um, yeah, shout out James. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was it. And then I had to go back to school in Montreal again, and then 
Then we just incubated for whatever, like two years, basically. Yeah. So like there was those initial releases that were all, you know, songs Malcolm had made in his bedroom in Montreal. Um, Some of them you can still dig up and find. Um, The whole album's on Bandcamp. If people are curious, I'm like a bit like, "Eh," you know. (laughs) The big feel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I keep telling Malcolm, stop deleting things. Stop taking things off streaming. I get embarrassed and cringe at my old work. And and I'm like, cringe is freedom. Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. To be cringe is to be free. Because we still get people at shows who have done the deep dive and like Mm -hmm. come up to me and Mac and are like, where's modern family? I know. I know. So, it's yeah, surprising. Those songs were opportunity to re-record maybe some of those songs. We're That's probably what I would want to do. We're thinking yeah. About it. Yeah. Um, There's versions of it now with the band that are just so much stronger. Totally. And everybody's got their flavor in it now and it's yeah. better. There was a couple of singles like post Big Feel that were kind of our in-between era. There was like baby band era. Like mm-hmm. because a lot of those drums are they're all still MIDI but they were things that we worked and wrote together not necessarily lyrically but at least the music and like the parts and the arrangements we were actually working together like Baby Jade we worked on like literally like at times via Zoom yeah we did (laughs) bouncing it off people that way I just basically I remember us playing with our drummer at the time Elias Mm -hmm. and I just would listen back to recordings and then just sit on logic and just fully do a one-to-one performance of what he did but straight on the grid you know fully quantized and so that's Mm -hmm. the recordings are like robot drummer yeah (laughs) and now it's like it's it's so much more just organic and collaborative i mean Mm -hmm. yeah it still usually starts with like some music or a riff that like malcolm has made sometimes sean will bring us a riff yeah um and then like we kind of you know crunch it up in our our headphones and we sit on it and we're like is there something here and we play it together with is there something here and then yeah slowly we work together to arrive at a final arrangement yeah everybody gets their take on it's it their hands you know? dirty yeah and i mean now it's funny just in terms of drums nick for the past two eps we've had uh he, he just records it all with no backing tracks or anything it's just like a man alone with a click um, nick is a the, menace what yeah yeah holy shit it's pretty nuts right like that's if you listen to this crazy. this ep that's all him alone. no scratch tracks <laughs> nothing no point of reverence like he's like he's just like, gone from memory yes. like, yeah 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 our producer was like uh, shook and blown away and i remember at one point when we were finishing the ep we were doing some recording at nick's family's house in burnaby we were recording some cello and some of my vocals there and uh, nick's parents are like very like you know first second generation italian they made us a dinner they made spaghetti and meatballs and everyone came upstairs you know matt our producer me nick his girlfriend we all ate dinner and matt like like sat and like told Karen and Tom and we're like your son is an incredible drummer and a menace behind the kit he plays to a click and nothing else I've yeah. never seen that and he killed it yeah, that's <laughs> you know bonkers. it's like it's it's unhinged but no I've said for a long time that Nick is my favorite drummer in Vancouver and like I still stand by it the one thing i you know that's a bummer about playing in a band with him is i don't get the joy of going to watch him play because when he was playing in previous bands i would go just to watch nick play 
Mm-hmm. And now, like, it's just a little bit different, you know, in terms of distance. I don't get to, like, sit back and enjoy it. And I guess he's a one-man band, or uh, one-band <laughs> man. Yeah. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Like, he I, is ridiculously good at bass. Yeah. He writes guitar parts. He did the cello he arrangements. He can sing. That, he, yeah, wrote string arrangements. Like, he's a, he's, yeah. he's a menace. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I was saying, just, like, as a point of contrast, one of my buddies, uh, Mike Wadham, shout out to him. He's in six different local bands. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. One of which that I play with off and on. There you so go. like I sometimes just go out like last weekend I got to see him play in three of his bands. Three. Which is yeah. fun because I yeah. love them. Everybody yeah. needs a good drummer, you know. Yeah. yeah. They're in short supply. Yeah, if I have kids <laughs> and they express any interest in music, I'm going to throw drums at them and go, trust yeah, me, start you'll, you'll appreciate it. <laughs> People will love you. People yeah. will love you. I don't care how loud you are or how bad you are. It'll be worth it. That is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, how would you say your sensibilities as a songwriter have changed with the addition of three new collaborators? It's definitely, I think I was, at least at the start, particular. And and now I've become less and less so because we've been working together for so long that I, I come in with less and less fully formed ideas. And that's really great. It kind of gives more and everybody else more and more opportunity to bring something to the table. Um, yeah, I think when I started, I was just, it, I don't know where it was coming from exactly, but it was just like, I'm just particular about chords. That's my one thing. Um, just chord progressions and, and melody generally is just like, that's what I think I'm good at. I, it's what I care about the most is like trying to provide something that's like not typical, hopefully, um, in rock or pop music and then just trying to put something catchy on top um but now it's kind of it's morphed and i feel like we all kind of know each other really well and so everybody just kind of knows what the songs need and and there is and there's just less need to yeah be be a guide like just i'm just literally thinking about us writing the bridge uh, like a couple couple days days ago to a new song which was just really awesome like it was just like okay yeah we'll just keep the chords but it totally morphed into something like way better than whatever silly thing i had in the logic demo you know and that's kind of our general rule is like this is not sacred like let's just turf it change it whatever it's totally interesting to like hear you be like yeah like melody and chords are important to me because it's so true and it makes me like think about like me and like what I like like focus on and like melody is important but for me it's both like rhythm and lyrics Mm -hmm. like if like I can speak something out loud and even just speaking it has an interesting cadence and rhythm and like internal rhyme and like Mm -hmm. really mess with it totally then like that's what I love and so it's like an it's an interesting pairing because it kind of fleshes things out you know Mm -hmm. I think anyway yeah and to like Sean's credit I think he he really has to do some mental gymnastics a lot with the chord progressions I throw at him because they don't tend to sit in a key like one of our new songs Jamie he's like this starts in D minor and then it just switches to D major and I don't really know any of this like theory stuff mm-hmm. as I write I generally always just lead by my ear either if it's a top note of the chord voicing or the root note I'm that's usually the well, only you know that at least uh, yeah. yeah yeah like and I know chord shapes and the names of them um, but when I write generally if I'm trying to get to a B section I'm just like where do I want it to go you know not is this correct 
necessarily are in a key and sometimes that leads to mistakes like you can hear it on the big feel like me trying to figure <laughs> things out by ear and it's just blatantly wrong there's certain bass lines where i was like Malcolm? yeah yeah like it's fully out you know my ear <laughs> it doesn't work no it doesn't work yeah and i'm gonna play something different yeah can you can we hear okay yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> it was so funny but like it's you know they're still so jazzy and cool that like in the way it's produced, it works, you know? Like, it doesn't sound too out of pocket. And then, like, we'd actually play it together and be like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in a live contest. Something yeah. else. Yeah. Well, again, it kind of plays into my suggestion about, like, well, re-recording some yeah. of the songs. Yeah. There's at least two that I think we we would do. I think if ever the yeah. well runs dry, at least there's that back catalog <laughs> to be like, you know, all right, we can just re-record hey, one of Taylor these. Taylor can re-record all our albums. Totally. Yeah. We got one record we can re-record. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's a land speed record. I was I had a me- had it mentally in my head. It's like, oh, how long will it take before somebody mentions Taylor and go figure it was me? <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't worry. That's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be careful. I gotta tread lightly here. <laughs> yeah, yo, you watch your mouth. <laughs> how would you describe the personalities that make up the band, uh, and how do you complement one another as creative and business partners? Mm, that's a good one. These are awesome questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try my best. Yeah, that's... Um, I'm thinking interpersonally first. Um, the ethos has always kind of been like, everybody in the band can play, but that hasn't been the most important thing. The more important mm-hmm. thing is getting along as people because that's where the longevity lies, yeah. you know, is you need those group dynamics to be healthy um, or else it doesn't, it's not going to go anywhere no matter how much of a savant you are. Um, I don't know. I feel like... We're, we don't ever, I mean, in terms of like creating or writing, the rule of thumb is kind of like, you got to say yes and you got to try it before you like snub someone's idea mm-hmm. without giving it a shot. You know, even totally. if it doesn't quite sound right or you can't picture it in your head, you got to like, you got to just out of respect, like see it through and then we reassess. And I think, yeah. I think it, leaving your, checking your ego is like the big thing that keeps things sort of healthy and like the creative aspect. Um, Myself included, if I'm bringing something in where it's like maybe two parts and and a bridge, like I have to remind myself, it's like if if it doesn't resonate with the other three, then it's gone, you know? Like Mm -hmm. nothing can be too precious. Um, There's always another idea, you know? And as long as it resonates, then... We're Nick good. is definitely the goofball. Nick is the goofball. He's the yeah. goof. He's such a goofball. Yeah. It's honestly a shame he's behind the kit sometimes because he's hilarious. I've mm-hmm. put on our tech writer now to give him a mic um, <laughs> going forward because he's so funny. He's definitely um, the most comfortable, I think, with chatting with strangers too. We're all <laughs> introverts. Yeah, I think so. Like you mean Sean. All introverts are. and yeah. we all kind of grew up as awkward kids yeah we were all quiet not popular yeah yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. and i think that's part of what makes us work as a band you know like for a long time when we were like coming like releasing our first ep we were kind of brainstorming a band bio and we were brainstorming like what's the story of the band like bands you know have a store, you know. Back to that. Here we go. Yeah, and so it's like <laughs> How do you it's make this interesting right. And so we're like white stripes, 
are we brother sister are we together who you know like that's the story <laughs> like you know well, like black keys it's two guys you know uh-huh. uh kings that's of leon story kings, kings of leon story. like they're, they're brothers yeah. you know like cousins, there's usually brothers, s- cousin, yeah yeah, yeah you know band. like paramore they were 14 like you know <laughs> isn't um, that something yeah you know like literally <laughs> and then, zeppelin they're wizards or something yeah, yeah. Totally wizards, you know yeah. and so like usually there's a bit of a story and we were like we need a little bit of a story and we like we're like we're like what's like the character of the band you know like what what is what is our character like of the entire band you know and then we were talking with a friend about it and they were like no 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 it's not that there's like one slightest clue character or one slightest clue story mm-hmm. the story is that you guys are like the breakfast club mm-hmm. you're like four kids who may have not talked to each other in the hallways because you all kind of live in little bit different niches, mm-hmm. a little bit different interests. You're not always super comfortable out of your comfort zone. And But then this magical thing happens when you all come together and it is slightest clue. And so like literally our, our, our band bio like to this day until I can hire someone to actually write a better <laughs> different one uh is you know something to that effect it's that like you know you've got like a theater kid you know in malcolm you've got a choir girl in me uh sean is the guy who's played for and left 10 other bands until deciding this one's for him that's true mm-hmm. um and nick is this like you know quirky little like engineer guy class, class clown, clown yeah. you know like um and then like we all come together and like this, this other bigger thing happens. I think celebrating the differences is kind of the nice thing about our self as a dynamic. And like celebrating, like not fitting in, you know, like celebrating that celebrating the fact that it shouldn't make sense, but it does. Cause like Mm -hmm. the best things in life are that, you know, are the things that are unexpected and, so I think, yeah, we keep each other grounded. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's things that, like, you know, we all share in common, you know, but there's other things that, like, we have different perspectives on that we're able to, you know, share with each other. Yeah, so. and just, like, allow those things to be. Like, she likes Taylor. I don't. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? you know? But I can respect it. Yeah. I, I, you know, like, the music is too subjective to have, like, objective opinions about, in my yeah. opinion. Um, <laughs> so you just got to let it rock and see the value in something. If there's, like, a million you know plays on something there's got to be something there whether or not it's for you is a totally different thing you know Mm -hmm. grammys matter for some people yeah exactly Exactly. they don't matter don't matter to me yeah Yeah. like i don't care it's not how i value music but (laughs) to each their own yeah you know there's plenty of room for all that i think in the second half of the question just thinking about like the business thing is i do think we are all ambitious though like i think we do want this to be a career and and to hopefully sustain ourselves off of it one day. And so that's where it's all kind of the same is like, we do all want a tour. We do want to take this as far as we can. Like Sean is like, a, you know, doing a lot of new video editing and, and things mm-hmm. like that. There's more business things that are beginning to be shared amongst the group. Um, and mm-hmm. we're f- kind of filling in each other's blank spaces, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I think in that respect, all of us, wanting it yeah. uh, in a similar way um is good yeah it keeps it going um yeah. yeah i like i was thinking about it the other day and i think partially maybe just because we all kind of have that like awkward kid you know <laughs> deep in our our backstories like 
I didn't always like allow myself to really fully dream growing up because you had to be like make the smart choice. And I mm-hmm. think there's a part of all of us that like throughout like high school, just with different like family things or whatever, it was like, no, take the safe bet. Yeah. You know, like we always wanted, I always loved music and loved performing and wanted to do it more than anything. I loved songwriting, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't allow myself to entertain it really i was like no i'm gonna be a diplomat i'm gonna be a speech writer you know i like had all these other equally ambitious dreams but i think with slightest clue like i know i've given my person myself the permission to actually allow that Mm -hmm. dream to happen and i think there's a part of all of us that finally are like looking at each other being like can we allow ourselves to want this and being like yes <laughs> you know, like, Shit, let's yeah. do it it's kind of all i got i'm just working a job <laughs> and then this is it you know i'm kind of like of the opinion right now for myself where it's like i'm gonna do this until the wheels fall off or i get too tired or something and then i'll go figure out you know what so happens there next? is no plan b currently <laughs> well, you know, everyone i imagine is around the same age yeah, yeah 20s well, ish. it's the time yeah. of the time in your life to do it yeah exactly 100%. give it a shot now exactly yeah. um, i mean there are there are outliers like james murphy but it's easier to do it now than you know, yeah like, yeah i i cling to those though you know yes. i cling to the james oh, murphy yeah. where i'm like it's never too late yeah. you know yeah. you know idols like i i assume it was in their 30s where they started to blow up oh seems, yeah totally you know? it's just you know yeah, it can happen. It's it can just happen. it's just easier when yeah. you have less things going on in your life, totally. like you know mortgages and kids and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but none of us will be able to ho- own a house anyway, so we won't have to. I know. Yeah, why not become a musician instead? Buy the, lo- buy the latte. <laughs> I, can, I can own lots of jazz masters. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You cite a range of influences, including Bjork, Sonic Youth, and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. How do you make such a broad range in musical taste work? Yeah, I think it's that goes back to... not even a problem, to, yeah. I think it goes back to kind of allowing each other's tastes to inform no the creation. Yeah. You know, like like Sean always likes to talk about like Brian May and like these very like articulate, um, clean, and really, really awesome solos, which is kind of cool in like a post-punk context and like our kind of grungy thing. Um, sometimes yeah. I think it elevates it and helps. Yeah, you don't hear different. that style of playing in like the context of a song that otherwise sounds like Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah. yeah. Sean's yeah. a shredder, yeah. you know? And so I think like it, all of our range of influences is what makes slightest clue, slightest clue. You know, it's like never been a point of contention. Yeah. Because I think we each, we have different points of reference, different influences, but we're each able to hone in on what those influences do best. Yeah. And then bring that to the table. Yeah. And then able to leave behind like the things that don't fit into the puzzle, you know, like me Mm -hmm. being a a real pop head. I'm like the hook, the the lyrics, the storytelling, like that's what's important to me. And that's like what you know, I want to bring to the table and what like at times like I push Mac for, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, give it a bit more of this. And that's why Sean brings his shredding, you know, like, yeah, yeah, super just like masterful, you know, leads and, you know, Mac brings his, I try to keep it weird weird chords and post-punk, you know, stylings and yeah, it's never been an issue. Like, and then yeah, and then I hope yeah, it never Nick, is. Nick is just—I mean, he's on the kit. He's always able to write parts. It's always really awesome. He gets so many ideas. Um, 
you know, when I kind of draw a blank, I kind of get to the end of a demo and I'm like, that's all I got. You know what I mean? So hopefully everybody else can help carry this into something. And Nick is really always good at that. He's like, actually, I know how to like swap something in this bridge or like the end of our song, Breathe Slow. That's like my favorite reference point for that is like that entire outro. He pretty much wrote on his own just through playing the drums and then us figuring out how to glue the riff I had to it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that's why the the differences work. And I think that's why like we're finding a lot of people are able to resonate with the music. You know, like our last show at Redgate, um, a bunch of people came out who had seen us open for the Aubreys, and we weren't sure if we'd like get a lot of crossover there. Like Aubreys, lovely band, lovely people, a lot more like indie pop, indie rock than us. And so we're like, we'll 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 put this bill together we'll do it we weren't sure what the crossover would be and then yeah before i said at redgate there's this whole you know group of nice strangers yeah yeah, like young college age women who were like we're obsessed with you guys and i'm like where did you find us and they're like we saw you open for the Aubrey's, and we were like what okay cool you know and so i think that like because like we wear our references on our sleeve in a lot of ways and we're not afraid that they're different. Like it just opens doors to different people who wouldn't normally listen to post. Why does the target demographic? <laughs> yeah, don't you know, don't make me get all dot biz on you. <laughs> Marketing brain yeah. is, you know, playing 40 chess. But yeah. like there is also like, of course, underneath all of that like marketing speak that sometimes i get bogged down in like it is authenticity and just wanting to connect with people wanting to learn people's name at the show and remember it at the next show you know not you know yeah it's a smart thing to do but it's also just the right thing to do and it's Mm -hmm. what you know connects you with people and when it comes to performing especially like that's all there is to it is making something that connects and then connect like doing the work to connect yeah it's another way to put like yeah doing what you do and then just finding the people who are most into that right yeah and like those are kind of things that are a bit out of our control too i was just reading rick rubin's book and you know one of the points that really did resonate with me was like when it comes to making things like do do always make sure to make it for yourself and make sure you love it first. Yes. Like don't think about the audience. Don't do that. Yeah. Cause that does, I think dilute the work um, at the end of the day. So I think just like when we're in the camp and we're writing, all I'm thinking about is if I was in the crowd and I was just standing there and watching it, like what parts would excite me? That's like my only point of reference I have. And, and mm-hmm. the live show is super important in the way we write yes. and record. That is like kind of one, you know, is like, can we pull this off as a four piece? Because if not, it's not going to make the record, you know. Um, I think it's it's cool if we ever get the ability to record an album, then you can get weird. You can do interludes. You can kind of get a little funkier with it. But like for right now, it's like these songs got to be able to rip live. Um, and yeah, that only comes from asking yourself like if i had never that's always my question if i had never heard of this band that was playing tonight Mm -hmm. would there be stuff that would jump out to me you know and for me i just really want to make sure we're not ignorable like you don't have to Mm -hmm. like it it's music again it's just too subjective like i can't force people to like what we do necessarily but you do 
I just don't want to f- be a one where you can just like have your cocktail and have us fade into the background. Oh yeah, you know, never like, be boring. Never be boring. Oh my God, never be boring. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst thing you can be. It's so important to me. Like I want, I'll, I'll, I need to click the the pedals on to make me loud and, um, you know, yeah, you can't ignore it. But you yeah, know, I'd be awesome or a flaming train wreck that people can't yeah, look away yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. got to risk something, you know, yeah. or else there's no point in doing this if you're not taking a little bit of risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your latest EP, Carousel, just dropped literally a day ago at, yeah. the, at the time of this recording. What excites you most about getting this new collection of songs out into the world? Oh, man, it's out. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's, out. it's just out. Uh, yeah. You live with it for so long. Like, like I think from inception of like these demos to us like playing it in the room. Two years. And listening to voice memos. It's two years. And I've probably heard these songs front to back like in the hundreds of, of times from mixing, mixing notes, mastering, just enjoying it. It's just you know? a relief to have yeah. it be out. You know, yeah. we know that there's, of course, more work ahead, you know, like, but the, the whole process of just getting it out is like, a relief it's a weight off the shoulders i was telling mac and the guys yesterday because we we all like made dinner and hung out uh to have a little celebration and the whole week for me was like you know on like a a, a day where you have a doctor's appointment in the afternoon and you can't for the life of you do any get anything done that day until that happens because you're like i have this thing later Mm-hmm. I have to, but I but I'm just waiting for that to start. <laughs> and yeah. so this entire week, I was just like, "Oh, it's coming out! It's coming out! I want it to come out!" Ah! <laughs> and then it finally did, and so it's just a relief. But yeah, we we recorded all these, started recording all these songs about a year ago now, mm-hmm. and we had it, you know, started writing all of them, you know, at least a year before that. You know, we yeah. had ideas for all of them at least a year before that. Mm-hmm. it's just how long this stuff takes we wanted to do a proper rollout um that's part of it too like we could have just dropped it we could have just dropped it we had all these yeah, songs yeah, like done and mastered thing. in july yeah, yeah. and we could have done that but we were like Let's we just believe in these yeah. we believed in the songs and in the projects like the project so much that we're like we have to do this right we have to try we have to take this seriously and like pretend you're a big band until you are, you know? And like, yeah. you know, I right. was out there with my like six month content calendar for social media, <laughs> starting with the first single in September uh, until, you know, today. And I can show you exactly all the benchmarks of yeah. like how, how we rolled it out. It's just cause like, yeah, though we just really believe in the songs and we want them to be heard, you know? It makes me think of that Tyler, the creator, uh, video it's just yeah. like a little minute snippet and he's like why would you not like scream about the thing you made like let people know don't just like post it up once and just be like go listen if you want you know what i mean and and don't do it like yeah. be annoying hype be the sh- annoying yeah you gotta yeah. hype the like, shit out of your stuff no one else is gonna do it no one else is gonna exactly if you and don't believe in you no one else is with that, yep. you know like i really do feel uncomfortable with it i don't like beating people over the head with you know that's where i come in <laughs> yeah no exactly and that's where hannah fills in in my gap right yeah. um and that is it is it's so important whatever you know what if you don't just move on I'm just we're just gonna be annoying for the next little while and, mm-hmm. and chat it up a lot. Just scroll by, you know. Um yep. yeah. <laughs> big thing is just trying to figure out a way to I imagine the band's figured out a way to do this, but 
how to promote yourself in a way that feels authentic and isn't annoying to you because yeah. there's a lot yeah. of techniques yeah. that other That's people use or just totally. like you know, on, on apps like TikTok and whatever. Yeah. We're like, you know, it, I don't have TikTok. I just see stuff reposted on yeah. Instagram and yeah. just like some of it just gives me cancer. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I think all like, sorts of obnoxious. Totally. One totally. of the most important things like to like us and our like our brand and our ethos as a band is like kind of like we said earlier like to be cringe is to be free and (laughs) and and like one thing that like i have realized throughout the kind of just like evolution of slightest clue and really like digging into like you know the marketing and what's relatable whatever like how do we get our stuff heard why how do we make people care um it's the hardest time to be a musician well there's that and also (laughs) i i've realized that being cool is not relatable yeah feeling cringe is deeply relatable (laughs) because like at the end of the day like you know like so many of us like the coolest people you know are at midnight staring in the mirror being like what am i doing with my life who am i you <laughs> yeah. know like they're that's like the why did side. i why did i say that yeah. you yeah, know that's like, the thing we all share and totally. i see mm. so many bands just across the board you know whether it be like small bands big bands like you can't pull off cool being your brand until you're a giant band yeah yeah and until yeah. then i think that there's a huge missed opportunity for musicians artists whoever to open up and be a little goofy be and be vulnerable because be that is what resonates. Yeah. Like that's like yeah. part of the, you know, story we were telling earlier about like awkward kids. Like it's where it all comes from. Yeah. And I think part of that urge just to be like, Oh, like songs out now. <laughs> Here's a nice press pick of me. See you never mm-hmm. is part of that fear of not wanting to be cringe. Yeah. And like at the end of the day, like, cringe is what is gonna make people like you cool Mm -hmm. is oftentimes not you know because like who can really be like i relate to feeling so cool all the time (laughs) not me no not anyone in our band no and not the people at our shows and i wouldn't want just the press picks just the the press picks like like we look you know i don't want to like go so deep where it's like we're not trying to not be cool 24 7 (laughs) no that's that is a lot yeah we still gotta look look good you try to look cool i care about how i dress like there's some things you know you know in the captions (laughs) you know just being like we need your help with this or like please like please do like this means the world to us like wearing your heart on your sleeve not only in our references but in everything else you know being like just yeah. allowing a little bit of that silliness to come through yeah and just not being unapproachable as people like, no just, like, like actually like us, yeah, yeah be like we're at the it's merch not. booth like come say hi what's yeah. your name that's so great you know like yeah yeah it's part of the whole thing carousel is the second ep that the group has recorded together mm-hmm. in what ways does this release show an evolution for slightest clue oh it's a huge the evolution. story well <laughs> the story like yeah. and the songwriting like our first EP, Twin Silver, God Lover, um, was the first five songs we liked. Yeah, um, it's just songs. And then we got to, like, a buddy was helping us with uh, just marketing, digital marketing, what have you. And he's like, so what's the story here for, like, the press release? Yeah. And we were like, what's the story? shit, the it's, the, yeah. it's the first five, five songs, songs we liked. Yeah. Uh, and so this time around, we're like, we got to do something. We got to think about it more. Differently. Yeah. 
and yeah. uh yeah like the you know we've we've talked about it like the the song carousel wasn't really called that before um it was from like another demo that i made but hannah had this idea to sort of bring that image in because she just really liked that image and then we all really did um it's like there's this one scene in um mad men uh, i think yeah. it's the first season where he's uh talking about this like polaroid circle thing and it's a carousel and it's about nostalgia it's the projector and your memories um and what we all cherish and hold deeply um at the time we were both going through relationships and and breaking up so we kind of took that nostalgia and thing you cherish deeply into that carousel metaphor and it's just our reflection in five songs about like the full arc like the start of something that immediate that initial infatuation to things not quite working out and having to go separate ways um so Mm -hmm. i think that that the difference between those two eps is just like we thought about sequencing more as well just literally the sequence between why can't I call you into when you wake up is like, how yeah, I noticed that live. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was just important to us. Those like, two like flow together really yeah. well. Yeah. That's yeah. how we do it live. And we've done it live like that for, for years. The lyrics now. both share calling and call me when you wake up and why can't I call you? You know? So we were just kind of like, they're kind of related. Um, two so sides of the coin. Yeah. Make sure that they kind of feel that way in the EP, you know? I think the other, like, big evolution was that, like, previous to these songs, at least lyrically, like, Malcolm and I pretty much stayed in our own lanes. Like, we Mm -hmm. never were like, let me, like, open up these, you know, let's take a look at it. Like, what about that, you know? And I think in our friendship, you know, we finally got to the point where we were really comfortable enough to be like, I think you can dig deeper there. <laughs> I yeah, think you're lying to, you're kind of lying to yourself mean? there honey yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like I know there's a better lyric yeah. in you and being able to actually really push each other like that and also like not being less afraid to be like what if it was like this and so you know I think all of these songs basically except for suit up tight like there was lyrical input from both sides yeah and it was like you know honestly it's like a huge step like I've never really lyrically co-written with yeah. anyone and like or anyone else still, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's a it's a cool place to be at to, to really finally be comfortable enough. And I think it pushes both of us as songwriters towards better songs. Yeah, when it's in service to whatever agreed upon story or theme right. we have, it, it kind of becomes easy to just sort of shed that like, but they're so precious, these words, you know, it's it doesn't need to be um, once yeah. you're like, no, we both agree. It's kind of like, you know, show writers or something. Like, how do we get these characters to hopefully, you know, be as fleshed out or more accessible? Or is this saying enough in this verse, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, when at least from my own perspective, when I get to look at the song that way, as opposed to like the most like emotion, authentic thing, authentic yeah. thing, then yeah, then I can kind of breathe and like look at it a bit more objectively and yeah. remove the ego a bit on, yeah, yeah, whatever those words were, you know. Who did you work with on Carousel and how did they help to capture the energy of the band on record? Matty Dees. Matt D. Pomponio. Yeah. King. He uh he came out to our jam space and listened to us play, I think, all five of those songs. Um, November of twenty twenty two. Yeah. And that was our initial meeting. He also recorded our, our last single before Zipper. that zipper. Um and that was kind of our first collaboration. And that I think set the tone for like, oh, this works really well. We we did everything ourselves uh, with the previous record, um, and that was the fir- this is the first outside collaborator we've ever worked with. And I think the thing that's lovely about Matt is like he's he's just there to to help and and enhance 
I've had collaborations in the past with even some Clue releases where it felt like what I wanted got stepped on pretty hard. Um, and uh, and so it made me kind of sour to sometimes outer voices, but he's not like that. He's trying always to just sort of like hear you out, hear what it is that you want to achieve and then help you achieve that as opposed to just like, well, here's what I hear. Yeah. It should be, you know, from what we're offering. Yeah, um, Matt's an absolute gem. And I think like what really works about Matt as a producer, especially a producer for us is that he really sees the role of being a music producer as like being a spiritual guide for the existing project that already exists in its own. A Rick and Rubin sort he, of Yeah, approach. and so yeah. he has to yeah. just get it across the finish line in the most authentic way possible, using his skills and his know-how to reveal what is already there, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, I think that he just does it with such care uh and with such respect um and like he just has a fantastic kind of like bedside manner in terms of like offering he up keeps like, it so fun what if we did this time. could we try this like this yeah. what if we like shortened that by yeah. and like it never feels like he's like yeah it never feels like he's overstepping it's just like so natural to be like oh wait that sounds yeah. great always encouraging and yeah just hear me out let's try this and, I, and then sometimes he's like uh scratch it never mind you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just a, a outstanding guy, um, outstanding collaborator. Really funny too. I think really that's the thing. Funny. It's like we're spending like <laughs> eight hours together, and he just he keeps the whole process really, really light yeah. and fun. You know, because um, you can get a bit bogged down and maybe a little yeah too emotional, and he's just really good at just pulling you out uh, of the overthinky space. Yeah. In the recording process, I think it can get really quickly overthinky because it's the final version of what these things are going to be. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, it's good. Let's keep going. He you also know? comps like a wizard. I've never seen it. Yeah, that is like also it. just crazy to yeah. see. It's just like him taking a vocal or a drum part and just getting all the perfect little bits together in he 30 did, seconds. He did like pop like sessions for years, you know, uh, with like artists, you know, like Dear Rouge and stuff and out at like bigger studios. And as the engineer, he was like, yeah, like my like instructions were to like, by the time the artist comes from the booth back into like the control room, like you need to have a comp done. Holy crap. That's crazy. And so that's a trackball. He doesn't use a mouse. He's got this like trackball unique. Yeah. And so, like, he's taken, like, <laughs> 10, 10 to 15 years of just, like, high pressure, just being a phenomenal engineer. Like, just a phenomenal engineer and parlayed that into this role as a producer where, like, he has all the technical know-how to be able to do it himself. He was also it. willing to meet us kind of halfway uh, yeah. with his mobile rig. Like, we didn't record a lot of this in a studio. It was all in basements. It was my in my apartment. grandma's basements or your apartment. It was the way pretty much that we recorded the previous EP. But this time, it's just got so much more gloss and someone who's got just so much more experience than us. That was better willing gear to, than us. Better gear. And yeah, just like willing to meet our way that we do things he's not like okay well we gotta spend the money to like be in a studio for eight hours every day we recorded at flash to get all the drums in like a, a nice spot like like mm-hmm. that That's was one important. thing you usually drums need to. right yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta be a nice space for drums exactly like there's like certain you can things. di pretty much any string instrument so. exactly yeah. you know like we just threw the amps in a closet and just mic'd them up and it sounds it yeah. sounds great it sounds totally. huge um and just i think the fact the fact he was just willing to meet us drive anywhere like burnaby you know yeah kitzelan wherever 
we were recording that day, he's coming all the way from Maple Ridge, you know, and just being like, okay, where are we going? I'm going to be there right at 10. Like, let's do this. Like, yeah. And get weird with us. That was, uh, that's what he was saying to me too, is he's like, Slider's Clue was like a getting weird with it record, which it totally was. Like when we were recording a lot of the guitars, there's usually two of us on the floor on our hands and knees adjusting knobs on like the delay mm-hmm. speed and uh, the feedback of it while the other person's adjusting the tremolo rate speed as Sean's like playing the intro to Carousel. <laughs> and, the, and so you can hear that in the recordings. Um, and so we just had knob turners and your job was on the knobs yeah. <laughs> throughout. One like movie set or something. Totally. Yeah, like yeah. a really cool thing about this record is that there's not a touch of MIDI on it. Yeah. There's not a touch of synth on it. Yeah. And like, there's all... so many insane atmospheric passages and details. Things that sound like synths. Or just like, and yeah. And so I think like zooming out and like thinking about those songs and thinking about the fact that it's, all analog instruments yeah. being played is something I'm I think is so cool and I'm like proud of. I'm very yeah, I sent uh like when you wake up and why can I call you uh to my friend Cody. Uh and Cody ended up working with Matt later. Uh and Cody kind of comes from more of a hip hop background. And I was like the craziest thing is there's not a touch of MIDI or synth on this. This is all like all those like atmospheric lush details. That's all guitar and feedback. And Cody was like, Oh my God, I got to work with this guy. <laughs> and he did. So <laughs> yeah. Open book really. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Next time I listen to the EP. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even thought about that when I was listening. Yeah. All yeah. analog. Like that's all real cello. Yeah. So, shout us out Maria. Maria. Yeah. Nick's girlfriend for recording that. Yeah. I also have to shout out my my friend Nick Dupuy for oh, letting yeah. us use the the Roland Space Echo, um, which is just like this crazy seventies piece of gear. They used it on like OK Computer, oh, shit. Uh, like Karma Police, like the end where it's like, and it gets all crazy and feedbacky. That's like a Space Echo, which is a, a tape. Uh, delay that he had and so we that's all over I think pretty much every song if you hear a delay it's probably through the space echo and again us tweaking knobs as the person's mm-hmm. playing to kind of give these weird washy crazy feedback effects and stuff like that yeah what song means the most to you on this release probably why can't I call you for mm-hmm. myself I just really like that song <laughs> um, or yeah. these days just cause these there's days. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like the <laughs> I think it, it it morphs and changes too. Like sometimes one of them's your favorite, and then you listen to this other one, and then that one becomes your favorite. Yeah, I think like for me, there's a distinction between like which song is my favorite and which one means the most to me. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, like because like my favorite, I think changes. Like, but I think just in terms of like means the most to me. I, I think it is Carousel. Yeah, it's the most vulnerable. It like really opened. It, it was our most collaborative song. Yeah, in terms of writing. Yeah. Um, and so like that was really special. I think like just yeah, the performance of it live and on the record is just like it's a song where like we kind of all stepped away and we were like, I can't believe we made that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it's, it's it's a little out of pocket. It's kind of our arena rock song. It's kind of our champagne supernova. Our, like, our attempt, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to no, make no, my of boots course. sound a no. little too big there. Like, uh, yeah, champagne but it's supernova just like, is a massive, cool song. Yes. Um, we're just Although trying I to hope give it a shot. Uh, Noel <laughs> listens to this and then sends some mean message to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he made fun of me. Yes. <laughs> Come at us. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, I think Carousel means the most to me. Like, it's just like we all showed up our absolute best writers and musician to that song sean's guitar work oh god he's solo oh my sean's god i'm just such a fan is like <laughs> i'm such a fan is freaking impeccable that shit rips dude it's yeah. freaking impeccable like nick's drumming is phenomenal the rhythms the pockets how responsive he is to guitar rhythm and melody and arrangement is like I think it's just so solid across that song. Like he gets out of the way at times so that the vocals do come through. Like he's just Serving he's the song. so locked yeah. in yeah. and like, you know, both of us like really like gave it for the writing and the recording. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote that vocal part like in my head and then it took me several months to get there to singing it, you know, but I knew what I had to do, you know? And so like we all just really showed up. And also, Matt mixed that song like huge, unreal, freaking like, huge. The, the, man. the order was tall, and he met it. And like, I think it's just like there's something about it that we're all kind of like, can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's like meaning versus favorite. Yeah, what do I like listen to? Still, yeah. I right now Carousel, but these days mm-hmm. it's also really. Really I just love that outro. I love the outro of for these days. days. It's just so psychedelic and weird. And generally, I'm we so keep it very yeah. tight in terms of arrangement. Just sort of like get in, get out. A couple of, and that one. We just have our like, pop sensibilities, and then that one. We're let's like, just get weird with it for once, you know. And shit, I want to do a bit of that more. So yeah, no, and I'm so glad that like you like encourage that and push that, you know, mm-hmm. because like yeah, like I love that outro and like I'm so glad that spoken word part that I had written f- you know like a for a year previous for different reasons ended up in a song you know mm-hmm. and like allowing for that space is like so so tight. The band has taken a number of different approaches to building a fan base most notably by Ooh. posting cryptic posters around Vancouver encouraging curious passerby to call 778-627-2171 to hear your single <laughs> when you wake number. up in full. <laughs> Before I get to the question, I actually want to play this on the air just uh, so people know yeah. how this works. So <laughs> It is a bit abstract as a prompt on a poster. Like, do you want to hear an indie band? It's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, you have reached Slightest Clue. We're a local indie band. To hear a song from our new EP, press 1. To hear more about the song on this hotline called Carousel, press two. To learn more about us and our band, press There's three. like five options, so just press one. I'll never make it that far. <laughs> you're about to hear our new song, Carousel. Press any key to skip this and return to the original menu. Blown out. It is phone quality, but... I'll just stop that there just, uh, You're about to just for listeners. Message. but <laughs> Oh, yeah, and there's the text message coming through, yeah. There's Did you a... like it? <laughs> there's a link to stream. Fingers Every save and share helps. XO slightest clue. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring that up just because it's uh, just a piece of marketing genius. But in general, why is it important for the band to get creative, not just in how you write your music, but how you promote it? 
the saturation of like social media, you got to stick out now. That's a huge really thing. Get clever with it. Yeah. Know? Like, like um, we were talking earlier just about like why it is important to just even market yourself at all. And like what is relatable, what is interesting. Um, social media, like, yeah, we still got to play ball. We still got to do it. Yeah. You know, however, like it is, it is deeply saturated and you are, actively selling something Mm -hmm. when you think about it from a marketing perspective in a digital ad in a tiktok you're like hi i'm trying to sell you on listening to my band Mm -hmm. and that is you know in some ways what marketing is but what i have always kind of seen marketing it as is an opportunity for storytelling um not unlike songwriting um Mm -hmm. and i think that the best and most effective marketing is, you know, things that draw people in, uh, invite them in, things that allow people to discover something that they like, um, mm-hmm. things that present a, a compelling beginning and middle to a story. And, you know, good marketing reverse engineers, you know, the ending being buying a ticket or a T-shirt. And being like, how can we get this person there? Yeah. Um, and with this, um, with this hotline, with this whole campaign, with the posters, I really wanted to play on curiosity. I really wanted to play on Clue. intrigue. You know, I wanted to play on, you know, like discovery. Um, because like when you discover a song in a TV show and you look it up, you're like, Oh, I found this song. There's a feeling to that where yeah, you're like, Oh, that's, that you know, that feels good. You like, you're like, Oh, yeah. no one has heard this, yeah. but I found it. Yeah, yeah. You know, same with the background of like a TikTok, totally. you know, things like that. You're like, Oh, I'm going to add that, that to my playlist. Yeah. There's so that, a bit of That was effort. something that was top yeah. of mind, you yeah. know, it was like, how can we create an opportunity for discovery i want to give people that feeling and i you know i just also happen to want it to be our song that they're discovering um Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of reasons why the hotline made sense you know two of the singles having hooks that were phone related call me when you wake up why can i call you natural um yeah but stepping outside the digital world was also uh an opportunity you know, it was an opera. I wanted to try and find a way that wasn't just digital. It wasn't just your phone screen. I wanted to play on, you know, the nostalgia of like certain analog medium, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that fits into the story of Dialing Carousel as well. Number. Yeah. Wild, it's analog now. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know, like a lot of like the themes of this record and of this story are, you know, sounds and themes that are nostalgic that play on like the curiosity of like falling for someone you know the like kind of like discovery of discovering someone or a new relationship and being found yourself you know and so like a lot of that campaign you know we put up hired the poster guy Lori um shout out Vancouver poster mafia um to to put up a bunch of you know, plain white posters with black text that just said, you know, call to hear a local indie band. Do you like indie music? Call this number, you know, mm-hmm. here on this carousel waiting for you. Call now. Um, it just, it provided an opportunity for discovery that wasn't digital. It provided something that, you know, I think we all yearn for, which is just to like feel like you caught something special you know and unfortunately these days you can't really it, it, it's just the music is not enough 
It just really yeah. isn't. Yeah. You know? It's the yeah. truth. It's the truth. It's it's a harsh truth, but like yeah, distributors now just now, upload things. They don't have the power to put your record at the front of the record store. You no, know, no. like it's just the way people kind of work now too. Is it's 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 really tough to also sell projects. Like I'm I'm still a top to bottom listener, but I'm I know that I'm kind of a bit of an exception that likes to listen to a sequence of a record and give it a fair shot. I tend to not like follow or save artists if I only like two songs. I'm I, I'm the same. I need yeah. over half of the record. Yeah. You know, like at least five to six of those songs I gotta love. I'm I'm also less inclined to start following an artist if they only have singles out. Like, yes. oh, give me an EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta have something, yeah. some sort of little something, thing, right? Something yeah. a some short world. film or a yeah. full film. Because that's yeah. sometimes how I like to think about yeah. albums totally. and EPs. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's that's the thing is you can't really convince on that side. That's up to them at that point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so your only tool is is the marketing and how it's it's being digested. Yeah. Well, because it's always been the singles. It's just it's funny that um yeah, it just it manifests in different ways now. Now it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's, it's not about radio, it's about being on the Spotify curated playlist or just playlists yeah. in general. Yeah, and fighting desperately to write a decent enough pitch that they look at it. But it's just sort of like also fleeting. I right? could Algorithms rant about that. Like, and there's so, there's yeah. there's at literally back end corruption that goes into that. But um, <laughs> I like I won't. I yeah, won't get into we're that. not getting a Spotify sponsorship anytime soon. No, so that's okay. That. There's some sh- there's some shady back end of that stuff. The more I actually like do work in the uh, it's all who music you know. in in the actual music marketing realm. You know, um, yeah, for artists like besides ourselves. Um, the, yeah, the more I learn, it's like oh my god, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think like what you're speaking to both of you is like you're craving a a world. You're craving the creation of something that you. Can I want to know disappear. that the artist cares. It's kind yeah. of I think my greater point is yeah. like like I, when I see that care and attention to detail into things like sequencing mm-hmm. or yeah, offering a world. Because when I just get singles and and maybe even the singles genre wise lack in cohesion, it's like well I like this one and then they try to do a ballad and it didn't quite whatever. Um, it's it's a tougher and tougher sell for me. So I do want that consistency or yeah like a full like cohesive you know yeah story or piece of work or something it's just it yeah i think the unfortunate thing is is like the position we're currently in is and the reason we've held off on album is just because our audience is not big enough yet and for me like i want to put out a record i think when yeah there's there's quite there's a reason for for numerous people to care, you know, because there's just so much effort that goes into that, you know, and, and you and don't get a debut record back. You don't get a debut record back, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a do over on that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's some bands that like they the sophomores the the next step up, step mm-hmm, up, but mm-hmm. you know you don't want to fall over. <laughs> yeah, we're not in one. a rush. Yeah. You only to got do one that. chance of first yeah. impression. Yeah, exactly. That's the phrase yeah. I've heard. Yeah, totally build yeah. a bit of anticipation there or something but who knows when that day will come you know yeah. might just be EPs for now <laughs> all good all good stitch them together and make an album I mean, that's, that's right that's kind yeah. of cheating Literally. a little bit but it also works <laughs> slightest clue really came firing right out of the gate once the pandemic wound down with some highlights including a slot at North by Northeast in Toronto and as was previously mentioned opening for Finn Wolfhard's new band the Aubrey's <laughs> what you, does Sean. the group have planned for 2024 and beyond well, tour. We're gonna try. We're gonna try to and play a couple shows on the Vancouver. island. Yeah, uh, probably Victoria and Nanaimo. Um, yeah, we'd love to play out of town. A lot of festival applications out right now, so we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, we're playing. Uh, Let's hear it live. Uh, Music BC showcase in in March, 
and like yeah other things further down the line um yeah we just want to keep playing you Mm -hmm. know like play bigger shows yes but also just continue to play shows where we walk away feeling bigger venues even in town just bigger opening slots these are all sort of like dreams and ambitions it's all mood board shit (laughs) you know truth be told it's it's kind of funny because we we've gone pretty long-winded on like oh this took like so long to put out this ep you know (laughs) songs are like two years old and uh, like full transparency i feel like we have like five to six songs that we've already worked on since this one's come out and it's some of those songs are pretty ready you know so totally. there's there's definitely just new music pretty much on the horizon some of those songs are are ready to record in my opinion you yeah know? at so, least two or like at least two two out of the five or whatever like everything could just use more work and more polish so obviously there's no set date on any of that but i'm definitely geeked because it feels like a new direction that's mm-hmm. generally where i get the most obsessed is whatever's the the now thing. I have to remind Malcolm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like pretty frequently, like whenever we're going through like release cycles, that like the work we're putting out right now, you like gotta play it, man. we gotta play it. Yeah, yeah. Like I know we're excited to play new stuff, but like, yeah, I'm like the record we're putting out right now. If you played it to the kids we were two years ago, their minds be would stoked. be blown. Like, yeah. like of course our listening continues to evolve like what we want to make continues to evolve because of like what we're you know the things we're inputting into our brain you know we listen to different music now than we did two years ago and so like you know i'm like take a second buddy like like think about how in how how crazy like we would go for the music that we've just put out future there will be time visiting yeah Yeah, like there will be time for us to put these next things out that cycle will of disappointment will probably always continue of like (laughs) i'm excited about now and i'm not into what i made was you know six months ago i'm gonna Um, fall into the cardinal sin that i've seen like you know touring bands especially legacy bands going yeah hey guys you want to hear seven songs from our new album yeah no we want to hear the favorites (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly i have to yeah i have to like rein the boys in sometimes I'm like, guys, yeah. I am marketing this EP within an inch of my life. We're going to play it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And that is super valid. There's yeah. certain things you just gotta gotta let it rock, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I the the one thing I will say about the new stuff is it's it's really high energy. Yeah. Um it's it's riffy, it's dark, but I think it's still catchy and it's definitely still us. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Yeah. Yeah, excited to hear it. Yeah. We already got the EP out to enjoy, but yeah, yeah. Sounds like there's probably going to be more stuff coming down the pipes. Definitely. Definitely. That is a promise. Yeah. So this has been awesome. Really insightful. I love the amount of detail we went into about your process and who you are as a band. Just got one more question for you. It is. That might sound familiar. Uh, What local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? So many. Sleepy Gonzalez, have they been on? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Bring them back. Yeah. Twice, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I love their music and I love that Mercy Kill EP. Oh, um, so good, so good. Oh my god, so good. Unreal, yeah. unreal. Um, um, yeah. Um, I like La Lune. Um, we yeah, played, I'd love to have La Lune on. Yeah, we played with uh, this band Dower that's doing some really cool post punk stuff. Dower's they great. were really really nice guys, so I think they'd be they'd be awesome on the show too. I think I might have seen them. I, 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 are they a two piece? Uh, three piece. Three, three piece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I might be mixing them up with some other post punk band that did a really cool garden cover, but okay, yeah, yeah, maybe it's them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, a big fan of of Lola. Those guys are great. They're making great music. Um, nuclear love, disco, nuclear disco, nuclear sweet disco. sweethearts. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Longtime buddies with Uncle Strut. They're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they Unbelievably <laughs> nice guys. Unbelievably nice. Totally One of our biggest allies. Like, we just, yeah. we, we ride for each other's bands so mm-hmm. hard. Um, even though we're, like, kind of different in vibe and, and genre, you know. Yeah. Definitely big, big buddies. Noodle Boys. Sweet Kings. Um, more pop, but... I'm a big fan of Fionn and their, their sweet, sweet mm-hmm. girls, um, Elena and Brienne. Um, and yeah. There's just a lot of good bands. There's a lot going of good stuff happening right now. Yeah, the scene is really, really healthy. <laughs> yeah. It's really awesome. Cherry Pick is yeah. playing at our show and they're the sweetest, sweetest kids. They're yeah, also like they 17 years old. Um, but they're genre that really scratches good. my itch. It's like shoegazy grunge. They oh, have yeah. bands like really Chinchai good. Meadow, stuff oh like my that. god! So I really, I really dig their stuff a lot. Um, same with Mary. They're like doing some. Oh, Mary's great. Yeah. I've seen them once. They were just awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Hellman yeah. show or something. What about so yeah? Chris and B are are yeah awesome folks. They're so, sweeties. Shit, man. Yeah, there's so many. You'll be point. Sweet guys. I accidentally swore. I don't know if we even. You're allowed to swear. Oh yeah, you are. And yeah. I feel like we made this whole thing without swearing once. I I didn't do an f bomb. I you like, did. I, no, I, I like. I I was like, I'm not gonna say that. One. I'm usually cursing like a sailor, and the fact that I just noticed, I think Me that's too. the first time I did. That's wild. I made it so far. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, real rock and roll hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeping our mouths hardcore. clean. We keep it. Yeah. PG this was this EP here. was the first time we like really swore. We did. Explicit. We finally got explicit some explicit. We had to, yeah. oh, record, we had to cut a radio take of When You Wake Up. Yeah. Do you have yeah. the parental advisory on the on the cover? I don't think we no, do. No, I don't. I, there's just two, there's two fucks in there. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. Still, I love, I love the parental advisory right? sticker. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly a badge of honor. It yeah. completely <laughs> backfired in terms of the intention. Take that, typical. Yeah, it's like, so true. It's like yeah. the like, dare campaign. You yeah. know? It's like, <laughs> Rated R, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great. Well, thank you yeah, so much. It's yeah. been so, so lovely. Looking yeah. forward to seeing you again and uh, listening to new music when it comes out. Heck thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at pacificsoundradio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. Here is one more song by Slightest Clue. This is These Days. <laughs>